0: Here's every Jake Lockley clue in Moon Knight so far. Folks, while our time with Moon Knight is waning, theories about what the finale might have in store for us are absolutely waxing. Did that work? I don't really care. Because more importantly, we need to talk about the elephant in the room. No, that's the hippopotamus. You're right. It it was a hippopotamus. I'm talking about the proverbial elephant in the room, namely Jake Lockley. Since Moon Knight was first announced, fans have been excited to see Oscar Isaac portray all three of the iconic characters' primary alters—Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, and Jake Lockley. However, so far, we've only met Mark and Stephen. In basically every episode, the show has dangled clues for other Moon Knight characters like the murderous Bushman and the Mooncopter Flying Frenchie, aka Jean-Paul Duchamp. But the most teased character by a mile thus far has actually been Jake Lockley. So with just one episode to go, the question is, will we actually meet what appears to be the most dangerous of these three altars? It's entirely possible. And we're gonna break down all the Jake Lockley clues the show has laid out thus far. But in order to do so, we need to spoil the first five episodes of Moon Knight. So if you're not caught up on the show, leave now before you see something you probably shouldn't. (laughs) Oh God, I'm so sorry. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Let's begin with a quick recap of who Jake Lockley is, just in case you were nodding politely during the intro and you're completely lost right now. Mark Spector has dissociative identity disorder and each of his alters has a unique set of skills and specialties. Typically, Mark is the muscle, being a former Marine, a boxer, and a soldier of fortune. Steven is the money, a well-to-do businessman that can easily rub elbows with the elites while paying for all of this crime fighting. And Jake Lockley is the intelligence gathering arm of this operation, a street smart cab driver who cultivates a network of contacts. Now, before you say, Dan, is this just gonna be another Ralph Boner situation? Boner. (laughs) Well, maybe, but speaking with comic book about whether Jake could appear, star Oscar Isaac said, I'd say that you're right, that it's definitely things are pointing towards the idea that it's not just Steven and Mark in that system, that there's possibly others. Yeah, that's something that we discussed. Two episodes left to find out. Sure, Oscar. Well, now there's only one episode left and even more clues from episode five. So let's review the evidence thus far. In episode one, The Goldfish Problem, we see one of the first real instances of Stephen Grant experiencing lost time. Steven, a vegan, apparently invited his coworker out for the best steak in town. And he's not talking about portobellos. What in the world's a bloody vegan gonna eat in a steakhouse? I don't know, I don't know. Salad? Bread? Then during the Alpine Village sequence in episode one, which involves murdering a bunch of Harrow's goons and hijacking a cupcake truck, we're expected to believe that Mark is the one that did all of this. After all, while Jake is hinted at being the most violent of the three alters in this, Mark is no slouch in the ass kicking department. But Mark is also married to Layla and doesn't seem the type to go tomcatting around on her with random museum tour guides. That sounds much more up Jake Lockley's alley. Case in point, in Moon Knight number 190, Mark learned that while he was broken up with his longtime love interest, Marlene al the Jake Lockley altar rekindled things with her, and they wound up having a baby. But not just any baby, a secret baby. They hid the baby from both Stephen and Mark for a very long time, which is pretty messed up any way you slice it. Now, another potential episode one clue for Jake, those highly dangerous complex driving maneuvers that resulted in somehow turning a large truck around on those tiny mountain roads without missing a beat. Now, as a lifelong cab driver, maybe the Jake alter came out to help them Tokyo drift their way to safety. Then, moving on to episode two, we see the clues are subtler at first, with multiple shots of Stephen and Mark communicating through reflections. In certain scenes, their reflections show what appears to be three versions of the same person. Now, it's ultimately intended to play with our perception and reflect Mark and Stephen's increasingly distorted senses of self but the repeated imagery does stick with you. And some have theorized that when Mark smashes the mirror towards the end of the episode to keep Steven suppressed, it's actually Jake who's in control at that exact moment. And it makes sense to a degree, given that most of Jake's clues and supposed outbursts on the show are associated with violence, rage, and a total lack of control. Now there's another line in episode two where Layla is chiding who she believes is Mark, asking if Stephen Grant is the latest fake identity for him. And while Mark likely has a bunch of aliases for all his different passports, it's also possible that the Jake Lockley altar has emerged previously and could be one of the names she's referring to here. I figured that you were using a coded message when we spoke on the phone. Moving on to episode three, we come to perhaps the most obvious clue thus far. While chasing Harrow's goons across Cairo, Mark repeatedly loses control of his body as Steven takes over to try and steer them towards a more peaceful path. However, one time when Mark blacks back in, he discovers himself in the middle of stabbing one of the goons, and another lies dead on the ground. Now, both Mark and Steven deny doing this, bickering over who's actually responsible, when the most likely—or should I say, most likely—answer is that Jake went full Travis Bickle. Later in episode 3, we see Mark undercover in a baseball cap trying to suss out information about Senfu's sarcophagus. Now, some folks claim that he's using a New York accent here and that means that it's definitely Jake Lockley, baby. But honestly, I think it's just more that Mark is very out of his element here and not as adept in moving in these black market circles as Layla or someone like Jake would be. Adding further fuel to this fire is Arthur Harrow, who, after mentioning the many voices in Stephen's head in Episode 2, tells the Ennead that he has no idea how many personalities Mark must possess in an effort to discredit him and Conchu in their eyes. After that, we come to Episode 4, when Mark is running through the asylum trying to escape. He encounters a pair of sarcophagi, or Markophagi if you're nasty. The first one contains Stephen Grant, who Mark frees and helps escape his imprisonment. The other one is violently shaking and ominously rattling, but Mark and Stephen decide to leave it be. Based on everything we've seen thus far, many fans believe this to be the strongest indicator yet that Jake Lockley is going to appear on the show. Thankfully though, episode 5 gave us even more context about Mark Spector's alters and helps explain why that sarcophagus was shaking so violently. In episode 5, we learn that the Stephen Grant altar first emerged as a trauma response and a defense mechanism for a very young Mark Spector. Faced with physical and emotional abuse at his mother's hands, Mark manifested Stephen, who was modeled after the Tomb Buster's hero. When danger is near, Stephen Grant has no fear. However, despite coming to this revelation about Mark and Steven's relationship, their scales are still out of balance as they approach the afterlife. Stephen represents only one half of this equation, so to speak. Think about it like this. If Mark is the fulcrum on which this system is balanced, Stephen sits on one end, representing protection and safety. However, it stands to reason that on the other end is a manifestation of Mark's rage, anger, and resentment—an unhinged aspect to himself that he tries to keep sealed away, much like whatever's inside that sarcophagus esophagus. In times of intense stress or duress, maybe that third alter, Jake Lockley, came to the forefront and assumed control. It would certainly help explain one of the most jarring scenes in episode 5. We see a battered and bloodied Mark, who wakes up back in Dr. Harrow's office. The tenor of his voice is noticeably different here, and he's incredibly agitated and ultimately tries to stab Harrow with a glass pyramid. I tell you what, I feel like a million dollars, never felt so good. I am going to see myself sofa. thank you. And look, while Harrow is certainly capable of violence, and he's done some incredible Stabworthy stab-worthy things to our hero, it does raise an eyebrow. All right, all right, all right. It's not about me. Still, with that said, for the time being, we're left waiting to see whether Jake Lockley will actually make his official appearance in episode 6, or if this is going to be one big lingering mystery. As we mentioned in our episode 5 breakdown on Wednesday, I'm personally of the opinion that if Jake appears, it won't be until the final moments of the episode, maybe in a post credit scene. Conchu's words in Episode 5 about Mark's mind being fractured also call to mind his words from Moon Knight number 2 where he tells Mark that he's able to use him as his avatar so easily because he has a weak mind. While much of the show thus far has been about Mark and Steven making peace with each other, there is still a fracture, a darker side that needs to be reckoned with, and that would make for one hell of a cliffhanger for a potential Season 2 or maybe other future MCU projects. Anyway, folks, there you have it. Those are all the Jake Lockley clues that we've found in Moon Knight thus far. And we'll be keeping our eyes peeled for even more in the finale. But in the meantime, folks, tell us, what do you think? Will we see Jake Lockley in the finale of Moon Knight? Did you spot any clues that we missed? I am totally lost again. I don't know where I am. What an absolute Muppet. Let us know in the comments below. And for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com.